Welcome back to the Data Blitz podcast, everybody. I'm Noel. And I'm Brendan. We're here today with a pretty special episode. We got the Super Bowl preview, and we also have the NBA trade deadline kind of recap here. So got quite a few things to go over. Yeah. Let's jump into who, uh, the NBA, the trade deadline. Let's do it. Yeah. So obviously not an exciting trade deadline. Not really at all. I'm pretty disappointed to say the least. Yeah, I think we wanted to see DeJounte Murray get moved, you know, maybe create some drama. Um, We didn't get that. But what we did get was everything else that was projected, which was just guys adding vets and basically wings. Yeah. We got pretty close on it. Uh, a lot of those vets moved around the league. A few guys that were unexpected, like Grant Williams, uh, got moved, which couldn't say I saw that coming. But yeah, the rest of it was just pretty much non-deals across the board. Yeah, it was pretty strange to see some teams, you know, not buy in. Um, kind of weirdly, the 76ers, I think, had probably the best deadline um they added a bunch of uh good role players they had cameron Payne, buddy healed and that's all that really needs to be said yeah buddy Heald is such a good asset for them and when we talked about them we said you know be prepared to build around for Embiid and maxi next year and and i think healed fits in perfectly to that offense and should bolster their shooting yeah definitely um Maxi showed the other night that he's not going to win by himself. Um, so I think they kind of saw that and said, okay, uh, Tobias Harris isn't the answer, and we already know that. So they had to go get somebody else. Yeah. I mean, maybe they now have enough weapons to make it into the playoffs uh, with just Maxi and Heald and Tobias Harris. What's your take there? Do you think that they're going to be able to, you know, make that run? I don't think so. Um, I think they could maybe slip into the play-in. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the teams around the play-in, like, those are beatable teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I could see them slipping in. Um, especially if Embiid's able to come back. So I guess we'll see. That's really their future is if he can come back or not. Yeah. Honestly, probably hurts them. The Hawks didn't move on from DeJounte Murray because then they would have kind of fallen down a little bit more um, and not be in the play-in. And now there's a pretty good chance that they're in the play-in as well. So we'll see we, and kind of keep an eye on the Lakers for the next few weeks. Or Sorry, Lakers. Uh, 76ers for the next few weeks and see if they're able to keep it going and, and maybe – beat some good teams otherwise they're probably dead yeah that's a tough one um DeJounte Murray not not being traded is pretty huge because I mean one they need to clear some salary um and two they need to get some draft assets because they haven't added anything around Trey Young like you said the other night um so I think Atlanta put themselves in a really weird situation. Yeah. And, you know, Murray's going to be there for a couple more years, and it feels like 
they, they definitely strained the relationship with this trade deadline like yeah kind of shopping him around and seeing what might get done and maybe they were saying to him the whole time like hey we're not going to move you we think you're a valuable asset for the team but didn't really feel like that and it feels like he's already kind of given up defensively for the hawks so i don't think his attitude's going to get better and i don't think his defensive play is going to get better he's probably just gonna you know continue to half-ass the games yeah it's a bad luck i mean you should you're a professional you should always be trying your best right yeah. i don't know <laughs> seems simple but um yeah i definitely strained the relationship because especially in the nba where you know five guys go on the court so each one matters a ton and yeah. for him to be like oh i'm the number two here to oh they don't want me here i'm gonna stop giving a shit like it's just a bad look maybe he picks it up maybe teams realize that and kind of decrease his value because of that they thought the hawks were going to move on from him no matter what because he doesn't give a shit anymore but you know maybe some teams realize that maybe he's gonna you know give this the same situation to them where he doesn't play defense and, and doesn't really try for them and he's not he was probably one of the most expensive assets that teams could have actually gotten at the deadline so i oh, think yeah. yeah you got a understand that the value for him was probably lowered by a significant amount um so they didn't end up moving him it'll be more valuable to the hawks yeah i would i think with that perspective you're talking about basically valuing him as like a you know solution for the next three months you know like yeah there's not much to that yeah exactly um I think that's enough about him. What about yeah. Bogdan? Did you see he got moved to the Knicks? Yeah, I love that trade. I think um, he's great. Knicks player. had a good deadline. Knicks yeah. had a good deadline. They added, you know, I don't think they added guys on the same level as the 76ers did, but I think they added some solid role players. Um, they needed a guy who's a little bit bigger. And they needed a guy who could play some defense. That's what we knew, and that's what they got. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with this trade. I think we all knew that the Evan Fournier contract was a tough one to be sitting on, you know, come this offseason. Um, so getting bogged on back and really didn't cost you that much. kind of cost you Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, and you got Alec Burks as well. So I think that's just some good depth, some solid veteran presence. Um, and Bogdan's like a guy that can come out and kind of spark plug your offense some nights and sometimes just sit in the corner and, you know, shoot threes, uh, kind of exactly what the Knicks need when they have pretty ball dominant players in Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle and those other guys there. So, uh, more shooting for them. Perfect. Yeah. And I think the Knicks are probably right there with the bucks now well i I would disagree with you there it could be i think one of those teams is really good in the regular season and you know thibodeau uh is going to come out and play all the starting players for 47 minutes a night and then the rest of the guys are you know barely going to get any work but you know by the time the playoffs roll around the team's going to be a little bit more tired 
and the Bucks, yeah, they've had their struggles putting it together offensively, defensively, mostly defensively this year. But, you know, they have Damian Lillard and Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yeah. So that's a completely different team in my eyes. Like, totally yeah, built different. Yeah, they have like the players to compete, but it's like a similar situation to when we're talking about the Cavs. They're not going to win a championship with those guys as their one, two, and three. Yes. I just think that they're a much deeper team. Yeah, they are. So I guess that doesn't really matter in the playoffs if, you know, you're only rolling seven, eight guys out there. That's um, kind of my point, yeah. And those guys, yeah. I mean, they're a good team for, for Thibodeau. Like, they're going to be... They're able to go pretty deep in the rotation and get value out of those guys when, you know, a lot of those guys usually would get tired at that point, <laughs> playing so many minutes <laughs> and stuff like that. But I don't know. At the end of the day, it does feel like they don't have that, you know, it factor on their team. Maybe Jalen Brunson's that guy and maybe I'm underrating him, but it feels like he might fall off a little bit. Um and I haven't really seen a ton of playoff success from him. Yeah, and he's hurt too. Yeah, now he's hurt. We, we were recording the podcast. We, I didn't. We had just ended. I didn't really want to go over it, so so we ended up doing is I guess saving it for today. Do you know what the injury is? He sprained his ankle, dude. That thing went sideways. Okay, that's tough. He'll be all right though. He should be back in a couple weeks then. Yeah, I mean, he just tightened up the shoelaces right after and, like, went right back. So, I I think he finished the game. I'm not really sure. Um, but he was out tonight. That's that's tough. Good for him. Um, Beast. All right. Kelly Olenek to the Raptors. I thought this was a really weird trade. Um, it is. I mean, the Jazz get Kira Lewis. I, I did say on the podcast, Kelly Olenek gets you a first, and it looks like he got you more than a first. He got you Kira Lewis and Otto Porter Jr. Um, you know, another Danny Ainge masterclass. But I don't really think he fits into the Raptors' plans right now. If you move off of Pascal Siakam, like, what are you doing? Going and acquiring Kelly Olenek. Maybe you want a veteran presence to, you know, instill some discipline in some of your guys but i don't really understand it yeah i mean i think what he's probably trying to do here is just you know get some more length and speed because that west coast style is fast um so i would think that was probably the only other reason he really could have had um because if he wasn't going for that then i don't really know what he was doing because kelly olenic gives you great size and the ability to shoot the ball. Yeah. It's just not like they're a competitor right now, and I don't know what his contract looks like, so maybe they keep him next year or figure it out. I guess they got younger. Yeah. Um, If that's that's your point about them not being a contender, I think that's probably why. I, I guess I have no idea how old Kelly Olenek is. Let's play what, 32? It's pretty old, man. I think that was a good move by the Jazz and questionable by the Raptors. Like you got a first pick 
Otto Porter and Kira Lewis. Kira Lewis could be worse. He's like what, twenty three years old. I don't also, know. Also, I nailed it. Olenek is thirty two. And I know Otto Porter Jr. is basically irrelevant at this point. So let's keep moving, though. We got a bunch of stuff to cover today. Um, yes, sir. One one name that I saw moved here is Kevin Knox went from the Pistons to the Jazz. Mm-hmm. There was a time where he was supposed to be good. There was. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the Celtics getting Xavier Tillman is an interesting one. I honestly don't know how much yeah. I care about it, but he is, you know, a 25-year-old wing. He's 6'7", 245, adds a little bit of depth behind the Jays, Jason and Jalen. Um, I think that's probably, we talked about potential wing backup um, coming in at the trade deadline. We got our potential wing backup. Was he, is he yeah. a star player? No. Is he worth Lamar Stevens in two seconds? Yes, absolutely. What a good trade. Yeah, I, I see your, rationale there um i think as celtics fans we were hoping for maybe a little bit more but the reality is that that's we have no assets there's get. no way that yeah, we were exactly. gonna get more than him yeah. and yeah. if it's i mean he's like one of those lower profile wings but you know so far this season it looks like he's averaging like six five and almost two assists per game um so I think he's able to add some value. Maybe he comes in in a few minutes. I don't even know if he's really going to even see the court, to be honest. But if he does, there's a good chance that he does, you know, fill in for Jason or Jalen. And it's an offense that's built around their wing scoring, their wing defense, and their wing playmaking. So in this situation, he'd be able to step in and kind of seamlessly continue to run that offense rather than having, like, I don't know, let's say Marcus Smart come off the bench as one of our better backups, like this, this makes more sense. Yeah. So we'd have like a big, I'd say the one thing is that it was compared to the trade that they made last year, um, where they went and got Muscala and they basically only, and they basically just only used him in the regular season. (laughs) So I think this is probably a similar move. I love, I love trades like this out of Brad Stevens. I think he really knows what he's doing. He's playing Moneyball at the end of the day, and he he found a Jason and Jalen Brown light. Uh, you know, this isn't to say that he's even going to be close to the same player, but he's not <laughs> some guy that's coming in that's like 23 years old or tw- like 19, honestly. He has a bit more experience than you know, your typical guy that you trade for at the deadline, like a Mike Muscala, honestly. So we know what to expect out of Tillman. Um, I think that's very important when we are potentially going to use him in the playoffs. Hopefully, maybe. I don't even know if he's going to play a game, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, I think that's like every trade. I'm I'm looking back here. Maybe I missed one. Maybe my trades aren't updated. I, well, I mean, we didn't cover everything. I guess we could cover Grant Williams and Seth Curry and 2027 first-round pick getting moved from the Mavs um, for P.J. Washington. I don't... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, tough for Grant Williams, first of all, moving to the Hornets off the Mavs. It felt like the Mavs were a team that had a good chance of doing anything. They kind of had stepped it up this season in a, in a, a few ways. Um, and Grant just hasn't been able to add to that team as much as we thought he would, maybe. I don't even know if I'm going to stick by that take because I, I know that Grant is, you know, allegedly some three and D player, but doesn't play the best defense and doesn't shoot the best three ball. So <laughs> Grant's not it's really so great true. at either of those things. So you kind of run into the situation where you have this guy that's a little bit clunky running around and yeah, he can make some great plays. He single-handedly won us a game in the play in game seven in the playoffs against the Bucks when he scored 27 points on like all threes. But you know, he's a streaky player. And I think he was in a good system when he came up. And now he's not he's kind of getting passed around worse systems and that's gonna hurt him. But at least he got paid and now he's gonna be able to show everybody on the Hornets. Sure. <laughs> He's, won. he's not he's he's a very okay player yeah what happened to gordon hayward he got traded yeah i'm not seeing that trade and i want to talk about it uh thunder. thunder that's wild um for Bertons, trey man um uh, draft compensation i don't know what the draft compensation is that feels like a lot for gordon hayward maybe he's able to make a step up it does feel like the thunder i don't know they have some some wings but they're talking about him potentially going into the starting five that's crazy weird um my my take on this is that they were just adding, you know, the vet presence we've been talking about. Um, the cheap one. But, yeah, exactly. And they know that, hey, if this guy plays at his best, he can give us, you know, a few three-pointers when we need them and otherwise, you know, be a good fit for a system that does not revolve around him. Mm-hmm. I like so, it. Yeah, I think that will work out for Thunder more than we think. Uh, just adding that veteran presence is something that we consistently talk about. Yeah, they're good, but now they have that. Maybe a transfer's over. I know Gordon Hayward hasn't gone out and won a whole bunch of playoff games in his career. Uh, I don't really know how many playoff games he's won that he's been in, to be honest. But at least he's there and has been on teams and has probably learned from those teams that have had success in the playoffs, mainly talking about the Celtics. I don't even know if the Jazz made the playoffs. there. I think they did. I think he had like one good year and then they lost. Like Rudy. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I guess they could, could be a good trade. Could just be like a whatever. Yeah. All right. That's our deadline talk. Um, so let's jump right over to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So let's pull up these betting lines. Yes, sir. So I don't know how much of an introduction we need to do for the Super Bowl. Obviously, everybody knows. And if you don't know somehow, 
This is for you. Now you know. Uh, Taylor Swift's Chiefs are taking on the 49ers. I am... I hate you. Both betting for and rooting for the the Chiefs here. I think we have Patrick Mahomes and his best defense that we've ever seen uh, him have, really. And the last time they played he kind of had to rely on his offense. One of the tougher times for him was when they ran into the Bucks, and the Bucks defense kind of destroyed him. But I don't think we're going to have to deal with that. The 49ers defense is really good, but I think the Chiefs defense in the playoffs has been almost just as good. And we're talking Patrick Mahomes with Brock Purdy. You give Patrick Mahomes plus odds. And, yeah, he doesn't have the great skill position players around him, but he does have, I think, Travis Kelsey, who I think we talked about this. I, I don't think I have another podcast, so I think we talked about it on here. But uh, he's making a huge step up towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's one of the best tight ends in the league still. That's something you got to consider. Then you have Rasheed Rice, who has kind of established himself as a, I don't know, one of the best rookie receivers this year, I would argue. Uh, one of the ones with the brightest future. He's, he's been a very consistent target for Patrick Mahomes and has had to do that stepping up because Travis Kelsey hasn't been as consistent. But now you kind of have it all coming together. But then you have, on the other hand, Isaiah Pacheco, who's a very dominant and aggressive runner. Um, and I think, you know, he might be able, I think Pacheco has this kind of un, I don't know, intangible feature about him. But when you watch him play, you can notice it. He just runs hard. Uh, and he might be able to wear down the 49ers defense a little bit. And that's something that I might keep an eye on is, you know, maybe those change of pace runs, uh, you know, end around with Marcus Valdez-Scantling or Rasheed Rice or, you know, whatever end up doing are, are going to break pretty big because Pacheco's going to wear down the defense here. But that's just our basic recap. You got anything else to add to that? I think I'm the 49ers at all. Yeah, so I have my money on the 49ers in this game. Ooh. As seen by, seen by the hat. Um, I've got you so many times this year, though. Through the playoffs, I got you on the Texans against the Browns. I know, but yeah. I can't pick the same team as you. I got you on the Ravens <laughs> over the over the over the Texans. Dude, the amount of times, the and then I got you on the put, the Chiefs over the Ravens. I got the AFC on lock, dude. The amount of times that I took a team for plus odds because I had been betting against them all year, and it just or yeah, plus odds, and it just burned me. I'm I can't do it again. Have you not been betting against the Chiefs like all year? Did you not just bet against them last or two weeks ago against the Ravens? I did. So, <laughs> but so, I'm talking about like when I be, when I bet on the Texans and uh, the Browns. Did they both have plus? No, they were they were minus. Or no, they're huge plus odds because they had been burning you. Is that what you're saying? No, they they burned me when I they've, didn't. Take they've them. upset, yeah. They've upset the teams that you had bets on. Um, yeah. So I'm. I can't do that. Do it again. Okay, that makes sense. Honestly, I'll give you that. But 
This the is the Chiefs. Reason. This is the Chiefs game. Nobody wants the 49ers to win, except <laughs> for you. I hate the 49ers. As a, a Packers fan, I got I don't even know how to do this. Packers shit right up there. Um we lose the 49ers every single year in the playoffs, it feels like. You know, you start the season and you're like, oh, I know, I know how this one's gonna end. Um so I just I just can't do it. The Chiefs do not cause that type of pain for me. I know that for you it's very different, but for me it is not. Yeah, I think the 49ers are the deeper and more skilled team here. The only thing, obviously, is that Mahomes is on the other side of the football. Yeah, you have the best um, quarterback in the world versus the last pick in the draft. Yeah, and the last pick in the draft is, like, outstanding. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's the best last pick in the draft ever. Well, but then you have the best yes, quarterback already. ever on the other side. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's, he's better. Calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Now I'm fired up. We haven't talked about <laughs> football in weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. I honestly think Brock Purdy is going to win at least two Super Bowls. Oh, my God. If it is, I, I think I want them to invent that technology where you can like sleep for 10 years and then wake up the same age. Like Just get me through it. I, I cannot have the 49ers fucking bang, bang, <laughs> Niner gang. All over the place. There was a guy at the gym this morning wearing Niners stuff, and I was wearing my Packers stuff, and I was like, wow, I'm your beta. It's terrible. Ugh. <laughs> Don't wear Packers <laughs> stuff to the gym. <laughs> so, all right, that's enough just general debate about that. Do you want to jump into some betting lines? Sure. So the Chiefs are at plus 100. Um, and the 49ers are minus 120. Over under is at 47 and a half with the 49ers favored by two points currently, but the line keeps flipping around. Um, so personally, I would take the minors minus two um, if I wanted better odds, but why don't I just take money line? It's only a 15 difference. So over under is another story. What do you What do you think about that? I didn't even consider it. Uh, let's see. I was just kind of looking at player props and touchdown scores. 47.5, you got to go under. These are two of the best defenses that we've seen uh, this season. I mean, the, you got to give the Chiefs credit where it's due. They've been incredible throughout the playoffs, and they've been incredible. I mean, think about how they shut down the Ravens. like, And they have one of the best defensive coordinators. And two weeks to prepare for Brock Purdy. I'm very high on the under. You got to think that more time, just in general, probably means a better prepared defense. Sure, the offense might, you know, run some cute plays. But at the end of the day, the defense is going to have more time to watch tape. They're going to be more serious about it because it's obviously the Super Bowl. And they're going to use that time to come up with schemes against, you know, the 49ers run like zone run scheme and, and, plays against their skill position players. Um, and then I think the Chiefs need to do that. I don't know if the 49ers necessarily need to do that with just their stacked defense, but they're still going to have the time and the preparation to do it uh, and come up with a game plan against Patrick Mahomes. 
and coming up with a game plan against Patrick Mahomes and his offense or Brock Purdy and his, you know, skill position players, no offense to, I mean, maybe offense to Brock Purdy for saying that, <laughs> but that takes, I mean, it's not easy and it's going to be a close one on the over under, but I, I think it does go under. So I have two questions for you. One, how many points, just give me a number. How many points can the Chiefs give up and still win this game? Twenty-one. So that's pretty low, right? So yeah. I guess if you have the Chiefs winning. Oh, you're doing me. Then you're doing the me you, thing. <laughs> you would take the under. But add more legs. My, my <laughs> so my other point and the thing i want to ask you is you said that they have one of the best defensive coordinators in the uh nfl my point is doesn't uh don't the 49ers have who's probably the best offensive coordinator who's their head coach i'm thinking about it is Shanahan the best offensive coordinator in the league? I don't know. I, I think he... Yeah. Everybody talks yeah. about the Shanahan tree. Yeah. Like he's some god. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. I, I think you're right. But... That'll be interesting to see. I do think that they have one of the best offensive coordinators and best offenses in the league, obviously. Uh, I think he sets Purdy up for a lot of success through scheming guys open, having a really solid run game and establishing the run. Um, But if the defense is able to, you know, account for any of that, then I think they're going to have a lot more trouble. Yeah, and I I don't see a world where the Niners don't score three touchdowns. Um, I think that's just I think inevitable. I do. I think that world is the world where, you know, Brock Purdy throws a couple picks. But also, maybe the Chiefs... I think maybe we're giving the Niners offense too much credit over the Chiefs here. Like, and I think I did that by saying 21. I think if the 49ers score 35 points... We could see Patrick Mahomes come out and score 36 points. Like, of course. He's the best quarterback in football right now. And Look, he has the I best agree. tight end in I football. <laughs> I agree. But my point here is that if they're going to go out and score 35 points, I don't think Mahomes can go get 35 points in this game or 36 points in this game. Um, you know, he's not going to win every Super Bowl he's in. He's going to go to a lot. <laughs> so That's a good point. That's the best point you've brought up so far, is, is Patrick Mahomes is destined to lose a Super Bowl at some point. He already he has. has. One, but... <laughs> but I'm saying he's going to lose a close one. It's the two best teams in the NFL. Anything mm. can happen. No. I mean, okay, okay, wait, let's hold up. If anything can happen, then why would you not take the team with plus odds? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you got me, man. 
<laughs> it's our circular argument. And then you're going to come back and be like, well, if I could take the team with plus odds, why wouldn't you take the over? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in a loop now. Um, what do you have for props in this game? I see a few that I like. Uh, I also see a few that I don't like. I think my bet's cleared. So one sec. No, there we go. This app is just spamming me with pop-ups. More pop-ups. There we go. Um, okay. I like a few of the touchdown scores on the Chiefs side of the ball. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is minus 125. I think that's a lock to hit. Um, I think if you're leaning on the Chiefs, I also have a few good bets. Um so obviously Travis Kelsey minus 110. But then I like Brock Purdy under 248.5. I think that's a pretty high number for him to hit against this defense. I honestly would like the Patrick Mahomes under two, but there's just a world in which Brock Purdy struggles easier than Patrick Mahomes struggles. Um so I think he's gonna have a, a tough time, you know, hitting that number. Um but if he does hit that number, I have another bet for you, which is Debo Samuel over 58 and a half yards. I think this almost hits regardless because, and I really started to appreciate Debo more during the Packers game when he got injured. You just kind of realize what an integral part of their offense he is. Um, you know, you're going to have a couple weeks to game plan against this defense. I think part of that game plan is going to be some tricky plays. Debo is always involved in those tricky plays and, you know, we might see some screen heavy offense. Um, hopefully they're throwing the ball to him, but he's definitely going to go over 58 and a half all purpose yards. Um, gotta love Christian McCaffrey. Anytime touchdown. You also have George Kittle at plus odds at plus 170. I think that's a super solid number. Uh, it feels like he always, you know, he's like kind of every other week, but he does show up in games that really matter. Um, and then I think also, if you like the chiefs, I'm kind of going back and forth for, if you like the Niners, if you like the chiefs, if you like the Niners, if you like the chiefs, um, you'd have to think they probably get up and hold the 49ers to a limited amount of points. Maybe it's a shootout and they win, but I think the more probable option here is that their defense really steps up and, and makes pretty uncomfortable. Like we saw in the Packers game. I would say that they'd rely on the run in that situation and Isaiah Pacheco over 67 and a half yards would be a good number there. Yeah. So DraftKings was offering um, a parlay that was 50 plus yards for McCaffrey, Pacheco, Debo, Kelsey, Kittle, and Rasheed Rice. Um, I don't think Rasheed goes over. You don't? No. I think he's going to be pretty limited. who gets all the receiving yards? Kelsey. How many is he going to get? 200? Yeah, 258 or whatever the line is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I see your point, but we did see them work uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling in to like, the offense a little bit more a couple weeks ago. That was for one catch. It was a good catch. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, 
you're making a very good it, point, but I think we're, we do see... It's plus 700. Okay, I take that. If you really rely... Like, I think the guys that are most questionable to hit that are, you know, Rashi Rice. I think you mentioned Kittle, Kittle. there. I think Kittle... Yeah, I agree. Kittle probably gets a touchdown. Yeah, but he's probably the most risky part on the receiving yards. He probably gets like 38 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, probably something like that. That sounds pretty realistic. But yeah. I think all I think all those guys could go for like 50 yards at least, like hypothetically. One of them probably won't, but <laughs> take it yeah. anyways. I mean, hypothetically, of course. But those are 50 yards is not you know, a small number. If you're if you're seeing some really solid overtop defense, really limiting plays to like 19, 20 yards max, then we're gonna see, you know, George Kittle's gonna have like seven catches for 44 yards or something crazy stupid. And then Rasheed Rice probably breaks off like a 29 yarder and then has like an 11 yarder and then doesn't get any more. <laughs> it's like then we're gonna see like Travis Kelsey literally get like fifteen for like one thirty. I, I swear he's gonna go nuts this weekend. And knowing that Taylor Swift is there, you gotta know that the Chiefs are gonna win this one. Taylor Swift has never had anything bad happen to her in her whole life. <laughs> um, apparently she's showing up like a hour before the game because she's flying back from Asia. Yeah, man, they should start calling her Bigfoot. So he has to come and perform in this game because if he doesn't, she's gonna be pissed. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of like memes about her being like, "All right, you don't win, I'm leaving." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. What's your take on the whole Taylor Swift situation? Do you want to dive into it one last time? No. <laughs> I really don't. Is she, is she coming from Japan? Something like that. That's wild. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think this game's going to be a little bit of a shootout, but I think the 49ers will come out on top. Um, and I, I think that they are definitely more susceptible to turnovers. But that being said, I think the 49ers' defense is probably a little more explosive than Kansas City's offenses um, because Kansas City has like two guys on offense, maybe three. Um, and the 49ers have a bunch of just like track athletes on, on yeah, the defense. Yeah, they have like five insane guys on, on their secondary and then yeah. on their offense are insane too. Yeah, they're just, just so athletic. It's crazy. Um, so I think that's where they'll be a little overmatched is that they're going to have a harder time scoring the football. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think their quarterback just has better throws, better arm. Oh, for sure. Better plays. But we've seen him. We've seen him frustrated with this offense earlier this year. I mean, there's going to be some of that. Yeah, but they figured it out a little bit more because we had a Kelsey that wasn't very good at that time. He was struggling to kind of get ramped up during the season. You had them relying on Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez Scantling rather than relying on Rasheed Rice, who has proved himself at this point. And, you know, Rasheed Rice is a rookie. This is a guy that has a lot more experience under his belt than he did weeks one through 10 or whatever. So 
I think they've worked with the rookies. Uh, Andy Reid's a, you know, historically tough guy to kind of get on board with as a rookie. And it took a little bit, but I think, you know, Rasheed Rice is there. Um, maybe they get Pacheco involved in the passing game a little bit. He seems like a staple in this offense. And then Kelsey's back where he used to be, man. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I just, I think the 49ers have shown consistency. Um, their offense continues to click every week. They've um, had, they, like... The Chiefs are, the Chiefs, get me right, get me wrong, get me wrong. Um, don't get me wrong. The get Chiefs, me wrong, get me right. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs have had, you know, a really good run right here, right? They're They're hot. The offense is hot. Defense has been playing well pretty much all year. There's going to be a point in time where they like regress, whether it's just like a few drives, like they're not going to come out and score 42 points. I just, I don't think that they have the firepower for that. I think if their defense does give up 21 plus that they'll be in some trouble here. I think that they can probably go out and get you 24, 27, but I don't think uh, I don't think they're getting you any more than that. I, I think they can, but I don't know. We can agree to disagree on this one. Uh, I don't know. Do a friendly wager on it or whatever. I'll give you even you odds. <laughs> yeah, you get that. You get that ten back or whatever it is. <laughs> Either minus one ten. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this here? one. No, I don't <laughs> have anything else. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I kind of list no. them all off in rapid fire. So, you got um, a, you got an octopus in this game. A what now? Eight leg. An octopus. Is that an eight leg parlay? No. <laughs> That'd be a sick <laughs> name for an eight leg parlay. <laughs> I think I forget what it's called or no, what it is. Um, you put me on the spot score, for stuff you don't even know. Yeah, so it's when you score a touchdown and score a two point conversion on like the same drive. It's like a mm. thing that they put out for the Super Bowl. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. What are the odds? It, on it was it was yeah. just a, it was just a stupid bet that like was going viral. I think it was like plus eight hundred or something. That's not bad. I would need to see some numbers behind that though. Figure out if it's actually oh, like for a sure. plus value bet because it probably is not. But you know, if you predict it's... the game to be super close by the end of it, maybe. But usually, it... teams just gonna take the extra point and try to get a field goal on an onside kick or whatever, and you know. That type it was situation. just funny because uh, last week everybody was like freaking out on Twitter, like, "What the heck is this octopus thing?" <laughs> Every- <laughs> Everybody's like, "What? What is an octopus bet? Like, is there going to be an octopus on the field?" <laughs> That's the bet. And yeah. It was- yeah. Somebody, somebody so- should do that. <laughs> I thought it was like the hockey thing at first, like what the Seattle Kraken when they throw the friggin' octopus or the squid onto the ice. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like that, too, once I read that tweet. But then I was like, wait, this is stupid. This can't be what it is. Yeah, it's, that's a dumb name. 
Um, well, I think that's a wrap, buddy. Yeah. Last football episode for a little bit here. Uh, Sad. Appreciate everybody for listening. Yeah, it's been a hell of a season. You know, who would have thought at the start of the season that we would have had a podcast by the end of this? This is this was a choice. <laughs> um. Well, we still got plenty of content to cover, though. There's going to be a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be tons of draft talk, NBA talk. Uh, you know, we talked about bringing in some golf. So all your sports news right here. We'll, we'll be willing to talk about it all. And, you know, if you want us to talk about anything, reach out on Twitter. Um, comment on the YouTube. Datablitz underscore XYZ on both of those there. Then we have Instagram, which I probably need to post more on. And TikTok, Datablitz XYZ. Um and then a little bit of exciting news, and I kind of forgot to mention this last time, is I'm thinking about starting a newsletter uh, that would kind of just give a recap, link to each episode. Um, so if you're not, you know, super consistent podcast listener, shoot you an email, tell you what the podcast is about. Feel free to click on it if you want, don't if you don't want to. Um, that's over on the website, which kind of does have links to everything that we do talk about here. Uh, xyz there. So look up Datablitz space XYZ and you'll find pretty much all our shit here. And, you know, as always, appreciate everybody for listening and have a great Super Bowl weekend. Enjoy the final game. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, guys.